I think something that busy entrepreneurs are really struggling with is we let things be okay for way longer than they should. For example, Mm -hmm. I talked about wearing 27 hats, right? And we go through business and we think we need a virtual assistant. And then a year goes by and then three years goes by and we're still a solo entrepreneur running our business on fire, right? It's great. It's fun. But think of all the things that you're giving up, possibly going to your kids' soccer games or that holiday with your mom or just being present at dinner with your friends on a Friday night. All of that can be taken care of if you start to kind of think about how you can outsource to systems or teams. So start exploring that. And I think if we can let go a little bit, we'll be a lot happier. Our businesses will thrive and have a lot more balance. Welcome to the Freedom Slay podcast, where entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and other passionate peeps come to fast track their success. If you're trying to make boss moves, hit that subscribe button because you don't want to miss out on any of the goods because every week you're going to hear the behind the scenes real tea from people making ginormous leaps to grow their business. And as a result, you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your own business goals. If you want to create a life of time and financial freedom, all while doing the things that you absolutely love, you're in the right place because we chat making impact and bank ground here. My name is Gainette Jones, your host and Freedom Slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Welcome or welcome back to the Freedom Slay podcast. Every so often I tell you, you're going to want a notebook and pen, but you're especially going to want one if today, if you've felt a bit overwhelmed in the day-to-day of your job and you've considered an assistant or at least told yourself one would be really beneficial, this episode dives into all the things, virtual assistants, as well as tech hacks and things just to make your productivity increase and your stress go down. So we're speaking with Molly Rose, who's a talented strategic thinker who really cultivated skills over a long time, but she's cultivated skills in online tech solutions, systems, seamless automation, online programs and processes, and just so many things to improve company efficiencies at the end of the day. And she launched her career from being a corporate accountant, so basically a cubicle dweller, she loves to call herself, to becoming an entrepreneur and a creator of Virtual Assistant Academy. So that just provides trusted virtual assistant solutions and flawless tech execution, both important, right, to busy entrepreneurs and business owners. Molly Rose is the go-to professional for some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the speaker, author, and content creator industry. Like she works with some really big names. In this episode, we're diving specifically into productivity tech hacks, so technology that can make it easier for you in your day-to-day, along with, of course, talking about how to outsource to a virtual assistant, either in your country or overseas, or even a whole virtual team and how to manage that and how to prepare for that and how to know when it's a good time to make the next move. We go into a lot and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So I'm going to stop babbling and allow us to begin. Let's dive right in. Hey, hey, hello, Molly Rose. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So happy to be on your show. This is going to be a great episode. I'm so excited to have you because I know what you have to speak about, the things that you know, what you're educated on and what you've experienced is just going to be so beneficial for our audience. Freedom Slayers, you're in for a treat. So are you able to tell me then where did things begin? Tell us a bit, listeners, a bit about who you are and how you got started doing what it is that you do now. 
Absolutely. So like maybe many listening, I was what I say, a corporate cubicle dweller. So I had the 50 minute commute to work to sit in an office as a financial analyst. And I woke up at a young age, 24, and I realized this is not the life that I want to live. I dreamed of traveling. I'm a military spouse. So my husband was gone a lot. And I was like, wow, I have time to go and enjoy life and take on the world. So I just quit cold turkey. It was the scariest thing I ever did. But looking back, not at all. And I became what is now a virtual assistant. I had no idea that this career existed. I learned the term entrepreneur around the age of 23. It just wasn't something as prevalent as it is today. And thought, wow, if someone will pay me for my services, okay. And it just snowballed and grew into this amazing business supporting incredible entrepreneurs and now training and placing virtual assistants with these amazing entrepreneurs. So I'm curious then, like, how did that piece happen? So I know you said, you know, you became a virtual assistant. Like, was it a friend or someone in your community that was like, oh, I really need help doing X, Y, Z? Like, how did that first opportunity come come into play? So I'd gone to a conference the year prior. It was called Succeed Faster. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was amazing conference for young professionals to learn about being a professional in a corporation or being an entrepreneur or starting your own business. And we just all networked together. And it was at that conference, I met several, several people and of course, connect on social media. And someone posted a social media manager position for a crowdfunding campaign they were doing for a documentary on student loan debt. And I thought to myself, I can do this. It was 2000 bucks a month, which seemed like awesome at the time. And So I made a video as a video application and put myself out there. I took all day to do it and I landed the position. I had no idea how to do a social media campaign for a crowdfunding venture, but I learned everything I could about it. We successfully met our goal and created this amazing documentary that ended up on CNBC. So that kind of snowball, just putting myself out there and taking a leap and believing in myself is what, what really ticked it off and then kicked it off. And then the founder of that documentary lost his assistant along the way. So I asked him no less than four times to hire me. And he finally did. And I that's what kicked it off. It was great. Mm-hmm. It's so many lessons you can take away from that experience too. Just listening. The first thing is getting yourself in the room, right? Because you were at that conference, you opened yourself up to opportunities that you may not have seen had you not been there. Mm-hmm. So you did that. You took that leap. You went, and obviously that's a cost to go to a conference. So for those of you listening, just thinking, you know, sometimes you may not know what's on the other side of that experience or that thing that you want to do, or you, you know, you're eager to go to, but just sometimes getting in the room can open many doors that you wouldn't even imagine. And then the second bit is you applied for something you didn't know how to do. You're like, you know what, I'm going to jump and figure it out on my way down kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the spirit of an entrepreneur to begin with. But, you know, a lot of people will uh, often are shy and think that they are underqualified or not qualified. And because of that, they think that's the reason not to go forth and take that risk in their mind. Right. So I love that you, you said, you know, what? I don't know how to do it, but I know I have confidence in myself to figure it out. So from there, as you mentioned earlier, you do have your training program for those who are looking to hire those who are training to become virtual assistants, as well as those who 
want or need them. So can you share a bit about that? Because I'm sure there's someone listening to this and they're like, okay, I know what virtual means. I know what assistant means, but like they don't really understand what it is that it entails, what it is, how important it is. So can you just share a bit about that? Yes. So just to kind of bridge the gap here. So when I became a virtual assistant, I learned everything I could on my own. And that took several years. I left a lot of money on the table and slowly learned skill sets that I could have, if I had a structured plan, could have really mastered quickly and been able to provide a service to my clients. So I created a program teaching people how to become a virtual assistant with everything I've learned. I spent eight years doing it and then I did it myself. And what that is, is, you know, we all used to work in offices. We've all possibly seen Mad Men. I kind of use that as an analogy where we're in the cubicle or your assistant sitting outside doing a scheduling, making phone calls, handling appointments at the very basic level. That's what a virtual assistant is. However, our industry, especially COVID, has blown this up to the skill sets that virtual assistants carry now today are tons of things that virtual assistants can do. So it's really not limited to the basic admin. So there is that and there are people in my arsenal or in my community that love the basic. When I say basic, it's actually very, very important for entrepreneurs to have a really tight schedule or for you to have your podcast scheduled and clean and you know all the items that I sent to you, possibly running through an assistant, to booking travel and making sure that's all appropriate, to then also helping with your marketing and doing your social media or updating your blog posts or posting a podcast, to making graphics to helping build courses, to handling customer support and community engagement, and on and on and on, a lot of things. So virtual assistants can specialize and be just a social media manager, or they can be very general, which is what I really promote, because then you can do all sorts of really great things and keep learning along the way. Mm -hmm. And would you say that the majority of those that you're working with, are they working with one person individually or are they setting like a couple hours aside for a host of different clients? Yeah, great question. So the beautiful thing about being a virtual assistant and hiring a virtual assistant is you can buy or offer a fraction of your time. So I call it virtual or fractional virtual assistants. My recommendation is not to work for a single client for less than five hours a week and for a client not to secure the services of a VA for less than five hours. So 20 hours a month is my minimum that I recommend because it just energy exchange and really getting things done in the position is really important. And then it just goes up from there. So what I see happening is a lot of business owners take on a virtual assistant. They kind of get their feet wet because if that's their first hire, it can be nerve wracking a little bit. They start with five hours and I always hold a capacity of 10 because very quickly, you'll understand the relief that a virtual assistant mm-hmm. can provide for you and you'll want more and more. So mm-hmm. that's the recommendation. But they work for as many clients as they want to fill their book of business. And so when does someone know or when should they begin thinking about getting a virtual assistant or hiring a virtual assistant? Great question. So a few schools of thought. I think that there are the entrepreneurs who have a hard time investing, right? We're spending money on something and I hold that hat or I did for a really long time. So when your hourly rate, if you can come up with that, if you're a service provider, it might be difficult if you're offering big packages or... But if you are someone that offers hourly rates, it's simple. Figure out what that is. And if you can pay a virtual assistant far less than what that is, it's probably time to start doing that. Another 
thing to think about is when you start your business as an entrepreneur, we started it with the intention of being a, I'm going to make something up here, a business coach or a life coach or selling a product or a certain service or passionate about this thing. But along the way, we started to wear 27 hats. I say, you know, we're doing the accounting, the bookkeeping, the social media, the customer support, checking my email. I mean, it's exhausting running our own businesses. Whoever said this is easy, (laughs) I'd like to meet them, but very rewarding. So when you kind of get into this phase of frustration where you're like, wow, I did not want to do my expense reporting one more time. It's time to start identifying all those things that are bringing you down and out of what I call your zone of genius and recognize that someone else far better than you can can do these for you and more efficiently. And that's really good time to start. And allow, yeah. And allow you to stay in your zone of genius, right? Because that's the thing. A lot of times it does pull you away from the important work that will help you grow the business and, you know, be innovative, but you can't put on your innovation cap when you're too busy worrying and tied down with the admin and other tasks. I don't even call them menial tasks because they are important tasks as well. But what about the person who's listening then? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they first start out, they're like, okay, that sounds great, but can I even afford that, right? First of all, it's a mindset shift and understanding that having the support can allow you to do more in the business, which will allow you to get more from the business. But aside from that piece, like, what would you say? Because I'm sure like the range probably varies depending on the skill set, but what is the amount someone can expect to pay on average for an hour for a virtual assistant? Yeah. So you're in Canada. So I'm going to use Canada and US for this because I do have VAs in Canada. So post-pandemic, this has really helped everyone's wage wages go up, but we're seeing virtual assistant rates no less than 25 an hour if they're certified and in, in that. Just to put this into perspective, for the minimum that I recommend, that's $600 a month. So when you think about it that way, $25 an hour might be like, oh gosh, but 600 bucks a month, if if you can just sell one more service or one more coaching session or whatever your product is, it might even out for you. And that's how you should spend your time that you'll have available to you. So that, but then it goes up to about 25 to 40. You'll see VAs for less. That's it's up to them to charge, but that's kind of the range I'm looking at for a really good professional virtual assistant. If you're getting above 40, you're kind of looking at that advanced, what we call operations business manager or director of ops kind of in the virtual space. And then I also want to recognize there are virtual assistants overseas. It's mm-hmm. a completely different role, completely different skill set meaning they're very specific. When I hire overseas, I'm hiring for one specific thing. And you can find really, really great rates there, far, far less than what US and Canada probably charge. Yeah, because I know there, well, there are so many different like resources as well um, for that, but definitely wanted to know because a lot of people do need people in their time zone, right? There are a lot lower rates when you, especially when you're looking into the Asian market. The Philippines also has a lot of really good, I've heard some mm-hmm. great feedback from people in the Philippines, but you know, sometimes you want that person who is on your time zone who is able to respond in a, you know, a fast fashion. I guess my next question for you is what about like an entire virtual team? Do you think that's something that's possible? Is that something that people do often? Like, how can that be smooth? Absolutely. I see entrepreneurs, their first hire traditionally is a virtual assistant. They're just trying to 
get some of those basic tasks off their, their plate. But then quickly, once they start to outsource and then they scale and they start to grow, they bring in specialists maybe for marketing or a web designer or a graphic design. And it's an awesome thing when business owners can get to this stage because then you're truly running a business that doesn't require you every day. And that's the goal, I think, for most of us. So running a virtual team, though it might sound exhausting today, if you hire the right people, it's it can be a, a wonderful thing. And using tools, project management tools for communication, staying out of email are super important for you as a leader. So if you're using something like Asana or ClickUp or Monday, there's tons of them we could go into. That really saves time, keeps your team transparency available for everyone, accountability, there's due dates, everyone can chat between the programs. I think that that's a great way to run a virtual team. And then lastly, don't forget to have your team meetings. Even though you're virtual, you're still a group of people running a business together. So celebrate the wins. Talk about where you can have fix your opportunities together and kind of make it a team. Important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great advice because sometimes we can get, you know, toggled down in the day to day and don't remember to bring it in as if it was all of us sitting in the same office. So that makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense. And while I'm actually located in Canada, I actually have a US business and majority of our listeners are in the US. So I mean, people are listening all over the world. So shout out to all of you, but the majority of them are in the US. So I guess my question for you is when it comes to them, I'm thinking from tax status, like from tax purposes, would they be considered a third party or are they like a full employee? Like how would they classify when filing? Yes. So you can do either when you're hiring, you can hire a W-2 if I'm speaking US-based employee. Generally, you would like, I'd recommend starting them as a contractor at 1099. So they'll run their own businesses and invoice you that way. As they grow on your team and, and you grow and decide to go W-2 with your contractors, it's a great thing to offer to them and just brings them even more into the fold of your business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess now that you're listening, I'm sure at this point, you're like sold on it. You feel like you need a assistant. I think everybody could benefit from one. How would you say one best prepares to onboard one? Like, do they need all their processes all done and have like a Trello or a Sana board giving them all the steps? Or is that a role they can help to pull together? Definitely the latter. I find that business owners rarely have that, I'm going to say, innate skill set to go put a board together or to document everything. You know, we're more creative and out here, less linear. That's a good thing to find in a virtual assistant, more linear and type A. The first thing I recommend is just having clarity. And the way that you can do that is for two to four weeks, I always say, however fast your business runs, have a notepad next to your desk and just start writing down all the things you do. I mean, just this exercise, regardless if you hire a virtual assistant is super important. And then come back to it with fresh eyes and circle only the things that you physically need to do and then start to prioritize the things you really want to get off your plate and be clear about that. It's important when you hire someone new not to give them the kitchen sink, you know, everything at once. So be very specific. Of course, write a job description that entails a breadth of tasks that you're going to need eventually. So that's super important. So clarity, something that I see happen time and time again is business owners hire virtual assistants and they're so busy that they don't even have the time set aside to onboard them. You're just setting yourself up for failure here. 
So making sure that when you do hire a virtual assistant, you have that dedicated, you know, one hour onboarding, a follow-up a few days later, you know, that first 30 days is super, super important for both sides and making sure you're comfortable. And during that time, you know, password transfers, account access, it's very important for them to be able to do their job, as well as knowing exactly what their expectations are for 30, 60, 90 days, and then have a review in there set them ahead of time. So it's no big deal. You know, it's coming and both sides, they can say, this is working. This isn't working. How can we do this better? What systems do we need? All of that can go into that review. That's so good because those are important pieces that I don't think many people are considering, right? A review because again, we're in the day-to-day as entrepreneurs and we aren't thinking, okay, let's stop and reflect. Maybe you may tell them in passing or if something crosses your mind, but having a set a time set aside for that specifically and mentioning the good, what can improve or, you know, what may be coming in the future and all of that, I think would be so beneficial for sure. And you mentioned something just now and it got me to thinking about another question. You said sharing, you know, passwords and access. And I know there's somebody clutching their pearls listening to that, like, oh no, how can I do that? So what is your advice for that entrepreneur who's like, how can I, I know there's like a last pass and things like that, but like, they're like, how can I do that and feel safe and secure and confident? You know, is it hiring like certified virtual assistants? Like, does that provide more security? Definitely. I get this question all the time. So I'm happy you brought it up. Sure. Last pass, one password, super important. The biggest thing is baby steps and follow your gut. So you'll know the person that you're working with by the time you're giving them the access to your email and your Kajabi account or whatever it is that you're using. Just be cognizant. You know, maybe don't give them your PayPal or your banking information on day one. Build into that if you that's something they need to know from you. So it really is a, a trust thing, knowing who you hire, uh, hiring. US-based virtual assistants or wherever you're at, you can build that personal approach. You get to know, you know, their kids' names or their husband or what people do. You know, you kind of get to know each other. So the trust is there and it works. It just does. I've trained and placed a lot of virtual assistants and this is not an issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. And I mean, a little birdie told me, and I mean, you've even mentioned a few just now, but a little birdie did share that you had some tech hacks, right? Some productivity tech pieces that can benefit entrepreneurs working with virtual assistants. Like, are you able to share a bit about that? Yeah. So the first, and I don't want to, I already mentioned it, but I'm just going to high level having a project management tool. If you don't have one and you're working with a virtual team, you are missing out. It is so important. And when you say project management, you're thinking about like the Asanas, the Trellos and the like. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And the reason I push these so much is it's again, transparency of what's happening each week with due dates, and then you're communicating inside those tasks, which eliminates, brings me to my second tech app, email. I think email is one of the most annoying, strenuous things that a business owner has to deal with. And it's sometimes I go as far as saying email is abuse. You know, people follow up and then they email you again and they get on their list and all of that. So my tech hack is more or less use your assistance to completely eliminate your email, right? Like I have a inbox zero program that all my virtual assistants go through. So they know how to organize a heavy load of email and using a virtual assistant to be able to respond on your behalf. It takes time. There's a process to go through so that at the end of the day, the top of your inbox, it says, you know, you respond and there's five things you have to take care of. 
it's a dream. The way you made my shoulders feel better already, just talking about, uh, what was it, Inbox Zero? I'm like, just the name of that sounds amazing. I, it's a, yeah, my inboxes can get really insane sometimes. Yes, yes. So a place to start. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And did you have any favorite tools? Like is Asana your favorite tool or do you have any others that you'd love to use? Asana, by far my favorite. I also use something called 17 Hats, which is essentially, it's like a Dubsado, an all-in-one project management tool. Uh, 17 Hats, I've been using it for years. I have a really good relationship with the owners. And I think it's an amazing tool for handling all the back end of your business, invoicing, bookkeeping, scheduling, contracts, inbound forms. You know, if someone wants to get in touch with you, autoresponders, I have tons of workflows in there. It's just a great tool to save time and and money. Mm, I've never heard of 17 hats or the Dubsado, did you say? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Okay. So on the back end, you said it does do the management of the contracts and different pieces where you can just organize it. Because if not, your downloads file on your MacBook could look insane. Ask yes. me how I ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what would you say then is the biggest thing that you see busy entrepreneurs dealing with today, like the biggest hurdle, would it be on emails or is it something else? If I hadn't just talked about email, that's the, probably the number one thing I would say. Uh, <laughs> it's so important. And I feel like we, we start our day, we log in and check email and that's how the day goes. We let it dictate what we do all day. I've done it myself several times. I think something that busy entrepreneurs are really struggling with is We let things be okay for way longer than they should. For example, Mm -hmm. I talked about wearing 27 hats, right? And we go through business and we think we need a virtual assistant. And then a year goes by and then three years goes by and we're still a solo entrepreneur running our business on fire, right? It's great. It's fun. But think of all the things that you're giving up, possibly going to your kids' soccer games or that holiday with your mom or just being present at dinner with your friends on a Friday night, all of that can be taken care of if you start to kind of think about how you can outsource to systems or teams. So start exploring that. And I think if we can let go a little bit, we'll be a lot happier. Our businesses will thrive and you'll have a lot more balance. Mm -hmm. Great advice. And did you have anything else you wanted to share or, you know, speak about your your own offerings? Because I know you have something that's beneficial for those who want to be virtual assistants as well as those who are seeking them. Yes. So if you're looking to become a virtual assistant, if I haven't sold you on this, please reach out to me on Instagram. It's Molly Rose Speed and we can chat about it. But it is an amazing career for those that want the freedom and flexibility and the rewarding job of supporting amazing entrepreneurs and doing really fun work. It's how I've made my life purpose the past 10 years and been thriving at it. So Virtual Assistant Academy is my training program. And we support you from beginning to end and really help you get that first, second, third client. And how we do that is virtualassistantmanagement.com is our placement agency, where if you're looking for a certified virtual assistant, want a professional approach to hiring, vetting what exactly you need and having a really successful onboarding with your virtual assistant, that's where you can go to hire a virtual assistant. So helpful. And as I'm listening, again, more questions just keep popping in my mind. So I find 
that's really helpful, especially for that person who doesn't like, you don't know what you want to do, but maybe you're like, I don't want to be in the office. I want to do something for me. And you can create your own business around this, right? And creating and using your creative juices because a lot of times social media, content creation, all of that requires that creativity then that many entrepreneurs crave. But on the other side of things, when it comes to the virtual assistant management, would or manager, sorry, would you say that you're still just paying the person individually or do they have to then go through you to pay or is it a payment like for finding like a finder's fee? How does that yeah. piece work? As of now, we have two models. We have a direct hire. So for those of you that want to pay for the placement fee and then roll it in, you know, just roll them right into your business, pay them on a 1099 or sometimes on a W-2, you have that option. Or if you want to just go through our agency, have more flexibility, if you want to hire again, or the person doesn't work out, you get another virtual assistant for you, um, which rarely happens, honestly, uh, you have that op- option. So we do see a lot of business owners start with the agency model, the more traditional, and then they segue into direct hire once they they get going, but it just whatever is most flexible for you. Awesome. Good to know. So I'll, of course, leave this in the show notes, like all of your links, your virtual assistant academy.com, virtual assistant management.com, as well as your Instagram, right? So at Molly Rose Speed. So all of that's going to be in the show notes. If you're not listening, Molly Rose Speed sounds exactly or is written exactly as it sounds. So that's Molly (laughs) with two L's, Rose as in the beautiful flower and Speed as in moving really fast on Instagram. (laughs) And there's one final question I absolutely love to ask at the end of every single Freedom Slate podcast. And that is, what does freedom mean to you? Freedom to me means waking up and deciding exactly how I'm going to spend my day, which is when I was 24 years old, exactly what I wanted to do. And I achieved it pretty quickly. And now I'm living it out. And some of that looks like work because I love it. And some of it looks like traveling the world. So I just love being able to decide. I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And you're also showing what can be open to you as a virtual assistant yes. and, you know, and what can happen from there. Because you went from being a virtual assistant to helping train people to being a common virtual assistant. And it just went so far from there. So thank you again for hopping on. I mean, you've given so many nuggets. I've taken like I had my thing on mute and I was just taking notes of like some of the tools and so many things you had mentioned. And of course, if you have any questions, reach out to Molly directly, Molly Rose directly. And again, her Instagram is going to be below in the show notes. And thank you again for hopping on. Thank you so much. So I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I think Molly Rose is, she has a wealth of knowledge and she's just a sweet person overall. And she's given some real great nuggets that we can take away to learn how we can prepare ourselves best for a virtual assistant or virtual team and how we can just take the load off of ourselves. She's given some great suggestions when it came to Asana and 17 Hats and Dubsado and, you know, the project management tools and all the other pieces she was mentioning. Go back and listen if you need to hear them again. I will link to some below in the show notes and I'll definitely be linking to all of her pieces in the show notes. So she remember she's at Molly's M-O-L-L-Y-R-O-S-E Speed on Instagram and her websites are virtualassistantacademy.com if you want to become a virtual assistant and virtualassistantmanagement.com if you're looking to hire one. 
I'm going to leave all that in the show notes. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure to take a screenshot and tag it over on Instagram. I'm at Gaynette, that's G-A-Y-N-E-T-E. And Molly Rose can be found at Molly Rose Speed. M-O-L-L-Y-R-O-S-E-S-P-E-E-D. Until next time. Bye-bye. Okay, okay. I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you.